Being a Living. My name's Amanda Marsh and I'm inviting you to take a journey with everyday people as they recall their pre-teen years, sharing the good, the bad and the cringeworthy. So welcome to Being Eleven, Kaya. Thanks <laughs> Thank for coming you. along. Thank you. Uh, you were a Hilton girl. I was. And it was 1994. That's you went to a new school. It was a significant year for you. You went to a new school and you had a change in family circumstances. Can you tell us more? So that's exactly the feeling that I get when I think about being 11 is that need to change when there was a lot of other changes going on around me in my family situation and for good reasons and also for hard reasons but focusing on the positive and thinking about how that made me feel and I was in a new state school so I was very much like craving to be around other children my age because I was in a um, community school and there wasn't many girls my age so I was kind of getting a little bit bored and frustrated mm -hmm. and that's when I decided I asked my parents I want to go to a different school so we looked around I went with where my best friend was who was still my best friend mm -hmm. we met in um, kindy in York <laughs> and so yeah she was at the Phoenix primary school and um Said, why don't you come here so yeah it was an easy transition mm -hmm. and but it was very different and quite shocking for me because I, I I remember feeling so overwhelmed but like kind of excited by the fact that there was like seven girls my age in my class <laughs> that I can play with <laughs> so that was exciting and but I also knew that I was like kind of like a shy different um, a very like gullible, innocent child still. Mm. Yeah. And how long did it take you to be less innocent and less gullible? <laughs> Tell me some stories about the transition. <laughs> I was the weird looking girl um, and the story behind the, that I remember was I went to, um, so I went travelling with my dad to France. Yeah. Your dad is French, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So we went back home or his home to spend time with family and that was beautiful. And I decided to cut all my hair off and um, it looked very strange because now it's very accepted. But in those days, girls with really short hair was just like, yeah. it just wasn't, you know. And yeah. I was very unique. I like to dress differently. Um, lots of girls tried to like dress the same to fit in that yeah. was their way of connecting yeah and I just didn't I wasn't really attracted to that style so when I came back actually my teachers thought I was a new boy entering ah. the school <laughs> and they're like oh who are you and I was like what do you mean I'm Kaya and they're like what and I'm like that's how they saw me so um but yeah in, in the end it kind of became a bit of a laughing joke so um, one day I remember sitting with my friend like recess and lunch something and everyone was shouting out body body like and to you yeah well 
just generally shouting it out. Yeah. And this is kind of where my innocence comes in, where I had no idea that people were actually would I didn't see people in that way that they yeah. would be malicious or yeah. bitchy or rude. Um and they were actually calling me Baldy this whole time and I had no idea. And I asked my friend, oh, who are they calling that? And she said, turned around, she's like, Kaya, that's actually your nickname. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> I just didn't see people in that light. So I didn't believe it could be true, you know, yeah. that people that I could be called so something. So how, how did that impact you, that revelation? I think at that point I remember also feeling like I need to get out of this mm. body. Yeah. And not wanting to be associated with something weird. Mm. And I remember exactly at that moment when my dad would come to the school and drop me off and walk to the class and give me a kiss and say goodbye. And then this girl turned around and looked at me and said, you let your dad kiss you every single day. You're so weird. And then that was it. I told my dad, no, you're not allowed to come in anymore. Oh, how heartbreaking. He even tells me that he remembers that moment as the day his little girl left him and grew Mm. up. And and yes, I can see that happening because the same thing just happened recently with my my 11-year-old son. So Mm. it is that transitioning time. Yeah. And it's it's exciting because you find yourself again, you know. (laughs) So did you grow your hair again? Yes. Or or did you rebel and go, no, I'm going to stay bald? No, it kept growing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then that's after that was, you know, high school and then everything changed from there on with like sexuality and the way I viewed myself and I was still probably (laughs) gullible, but yeah, there was a little bit more going on. So, and I had confidence in myself. Yeah. 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 Um, and do you, do you think the confidence is innate or the community school developed it or the hippie world that you lived in? What gave you that strength of character? I suppose I always knew that I was loved mm-hmm. and I loved myself and so bullying and names didn't actually really upset me. Mm-hmm. They didn't affect me in that way. It was, I think, just then you start to like, realize that you're a someone that could be loved from by another person not just your mum and dad uh-huh. yeah. and then that starts to make you see yourself in another way but then you you dress differently yeah. you approach people differently and yeah the confidence grows from that i'm dying to know how you dressed i was <laughs> so i remember this as well as another memory but that was a little bit later but i still think at 11 i was still quite like you know girly and into fairies and fashion and you know that kind of like like writing poems and yeah but but you chopped your hair off yeah and you said that all of the other girls tended to dress alike yeah and you chose not to yeah. so I'm trying to picture how you were different I like cutting way. everything cutting. so I had a, a weird obsession with scissors okay and my parents like had to hide them from me because I would cut everything, <laughs> like my hair, my mum's bridesmaids dress, my every part of my clothes, every single piece of my clothing had been cut by me in some way. I wanted to change it and make so it, it more So it was a unique. fashion thing, not yeah. an anxiety thing. No, yeah. It was like my shorts really short or like the jacket had no sleeves or it uh-huh. was just something I always wanted to alter everything, you know, make mm-hmm. it my own. 
and that's sort of that flair of like fashion and design and yeah. wanting to be an interior decorator feeling that like this is who I'm gonna be yeah like I really believe this is who I'm gonna be yeah <laughs> so did that develop quite naturally over time or was France in some way significant in yeah. that journey? I think France is a place of fashion and they've yeah. always been naturally ahead of the time. So I remember when I did get my hair cut, that was very normal in France. All the girls were getting their hair cut, the same similar hair mm-hmm. style. Whereas, you know, Australia, WA hadn't quite caught mm-hmm. up. And so I did, yeah, obviously have that influence. And I just naturally always wanted to be different. Mm. There was that sort of feeling of identity. And I don't know if that came before I was 11 or not. But, yeah, yeah I always wanted to seem like I stood out or was unique or original. Mm. And it worked, <laughs> possibly yeah. not in the way you yeah. anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so funny because like now I look look at my life and I'm I'm you know actually don't find you know I don't have a issue with short hair. I've shaved my head like you know four or five times since then, so it didn't affect me and think oh I can never do that again. You yeah, know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell me more about this hippie world that you grew up in. So maybe we go back yeah. a, bit, a bit further than eleven, perhaps. Then. Yeah. So that was the time of like where um, a lot of people came to Perth and or like it was almost like a retreat place for people had that had left their families behind or um, and if you didn't live in the rural parts of WA you lived in Frio because it was like the hub of mm-hmm. you know there was beach town yeah. um, simple life really beautiful life and then there was this you know suburb called Hilton there's lots of beautiful trees around everyone sort of moved more towards as well like this whole saving the planet Mm -hmm. attitude leaving their own like their previous parents ideas and like trying to move forward into that and that was something I'd I remember thinking as well, like saving the planet and yeah. doing those sorts of things was really so important. So Hilton has a real reputation as a place filled with people that are quite proactive in that realm. Mm. But I'm hearing that it's changing. Is it is it different now to what you remember? Can you describe the difference? It's it's like modernised probably more than anything. But like, so I've had a look at the house that I grew up grow up in and people just don't have as much time mm. and that's the problem like they don't have time to maintain their own space so that house that I grew up in in Hilton my dad had time he was a gardener and a cook from France mm-hmm. with so much knowledge about the world because he traveled so much as well so he really appreciated what he had mm-hmm. and then on top of that he created you know we had this huge veggie patch and fruit trees and the whole street did the same thing it was like a huge community yeah and we all like no one had their parents around so your parents friends became family yeah so it was kind of like that that so you brought each other up in a way yeah and that street's not crescent yeah like has so many memories for me my whole childhood was from one end 
pretty much all the way through to the other. It's like a big cul-de-sac mm. like it's all yeah, the way around. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so but also in, in in regards to your question, I think that was like when a lot of these marriages from the 70s, um, it was like a huge wave of like almost like a revolution of divorce you know right. people were just realizing that they didn't have to do this whole matrix you know like structured way of living they didn't have to stay in that setup okay so a lot of um my parents and my parents and my my friends parents were all just separating mm. all at the same time it was just yeah. like this huge thing that everyone just went no i'm not doing that anymore yeah and um it's so it's we were the children course. of that yeah. yeah and that was a big shift and not yeah. many people before were actually accepting that you, you you don't have to stay together just because of the children and yeah you know society and what they represent interesting so yeah. was, was that do you think um that wave was perth wide or was it a peculiarly Hilton hippie yeah, I think, vibe. I think it's like when you see someone else doing it, then yeah. you think, oh, maybe I can do that too because it gives you confidence yeah. to make the change. So I remember my dad saying that he was surprised how many of his friends were going through the same thing at the mm. same time. And why? I don't know. Like That must be this idea that like women had better... Um, opportunities to mm -hmm. you know live yep. independently was like, yeah. was it largely amicable it sounds like it i think it sounds like it was fairly i think when the calmly yeah i think well for me it just made total sense yeah like my parents told me and i was like oh thank goodness now you're not <laughs> gonna argue anymore yeah. i was i was relieved yeah because i could see that this is not working out yeah but um yeah, I mean, apart from that, there's always going to be, you know, dramas and of course, takes yeah. time and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, yeah, for me and I think for my parents too, they realise that this is not working out. So let's just do the right thing and yeah. not be together anymore. So yeah. that was the really like the community that I grew up in where like everyone went through the same thing, like as in their own, the children were going through the same thing, the parents were going mm -hmm. through the same thing. So everyone felt like they could actually relate to each other. Yeah. We weren't isolated in that way. Yeah. So it, rather than there being whisperings yeah. in the neighbor's house about you, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah we're going through the same thing. It's yeah. just part of life. And everyone partied so much more, like in the way that people made music. Mm. There wasn't like places to go out as much. It was like, let's make our own music and so my parents were also musical so they would just like always do jamming together and we'd like go away for weekends where just just there was always music all the time and yeah. I would just be there as it you know and you just sleep and hang out with your friends and it was just mm. this big long frio hippie parties you know <laughs> <laughs> I remember just being in my bedroom and needing that that privacy just to create like I was very creative and I yeah. just constantly changed my room around to make <laughs> with the it, scissors yeah with, <laughs> and then changing my clothes and like you know experimenting with makeup and I remember having my radio and I would recall like make mixtapes yeah. and it was like a really like a fantasy world that you could just sort of 
close everything off to. And, yeah. and I think that's actually what got me through it. It's like music and art yeah. was like my, my like inspiration. Mm. The, I love creative writing. That was my, my one <laughs> like outlet as well. Do you diaries. Rem- do you remember even any of the topics you used to explore in this? Um, a lot of, like, at 11, it was still very much, you know, whimsical yeah. and that sort of, like, forests and animals and fairies. <laughs> yeah. So 11 was definitely all about that. But later on, it evolved more into, like, heartbreak and love and <laughs> lust <laughs> and, like, you know, fights and, and the, you know, the hard parts of the world and yeah when you start to really like open your eyes up to what is going on out of Frio Mm. (laughs) as in Fremantle yeah yeah (laughs) even TV wasn't a a, didn't come to my mind in Mm -hmm. 11 Mm. like going to the movies and stuff like that every now and then with friends but nothing really else like game I was never into that kind of I was more into like organizing the play if I play with my friends you were the organizer that was another thing about me (laughs) (laughs) I was the organizer that would create what game we're going to play today it was always like kind of depicted how what mood I was in and we had like a few games that we would play and we would circulate them but I think as you get to 11 you start to again it's that whole society says you shouldn't be playing like that anymore Mm. like with dolls and made up games or dressing up in that way it's more about like I'm this independent person now of that space and I'm no longer associated as a little girl yeah it's really an age of like trying to find your identity now that you're you're thinking about or reflecting on all of that what could 11 year old Kaya teach now Kaya is there something that you've lost from that world that you'd like to definitely back to yourself what would that be I think definitely that's what I thought about this morning when I was looking at some old photos and some of the poetry um is that I've lost that I've lost the I've lost my connection to writing to Mm. um expressing myself in that way Mm. because of just like I said busyness and and the things that our parents showed us to do like how they had time to do those things like to make music Mm. to grow your own plants to to really have quality time with friends like go away all together and I do feel like I have that playful space in my yeah. life. I'm, I kind of feel like I'm the sort of person that does like that. Mm. But it's getting more and more suppressed just as uh. life goes on or other things take over. So maybe in my work or in my, my daily life, I need to just be a little bit more creative to feel like I can tap into that space again. That's a pretty nice answer. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on this episode of Being 11. If you liked what you've heard today, don't forget to like, subscribe, or visit our website at sofromedia.com to see what else we do.